Hello. Hello. How you doing? Are you talking to me? Uh, well, you're the only one in the room. Oh, yes. Hello, people out there. Welcome to the 23 Podcast. Michael here with Father Herb. This is Father Herb. It's a and, glorious day. And this message goes out to number six. Six? Somebody told me Sunday after Mass, he said, you always say you only have a few listeners. Oh. I call myself number six. Oh, <laughs> oh that, that reminds me of like a secret agent, like Get Smart. Weren't they like agent numbers and on that oh show? yeah uh 66 91 yeah something like that we need secret agent numbers okay what what was james bond 007 right see that's what it was all about all right true story i've never seen a james bond movie isn't that terrible uh you know what we'll talk about this all fair uh, <laughs> it's going to take okay. a long time okay <laughs> i i will say when sean connery died he looked much different as a young James Bond than he did in any of the movies I remember him in. He's like a totally different guy. Well, if you saw some of my younger movies, you'd say the same thing about oh, me, too. I've seen the mustache pictures of Father Weber, and I, I'm going to start a campaign, bring back the stash. I, Hashtag bring back the stash. <laughs> I had a mustache for 10 or 12 years. That's great. I, I grew it. When I was traveling in Europe and I was gone for about a month back in whatever, 1985, 86, somewhere in there, yeah. thinking I would shave it when I got back. I never did. And so I kept it for a long time, but eventually I shaved it. And then one other time when I was traveling, I decided to grow it back again. Yeah. And then it came back all very, very gray. Oh, see, that would be fun. Now, have you ever grown out a beard or just- I tried. I tried. Not- uh, it was not full. It looked really bad. Mine's uh, not good either. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I, I, oh, I yeah. You it, have one, I guess. I let it. It's patchy at best. It's pet. Okay. But I let it grow. Speaking of patchy, uh, <laughs> that's a second. Did you drive through the patchy clouds? Was that or fog yesterday? It was that these, yesterday or Sunday? It was Sunday. Sunday. Yeah. These. I think it might have been yesterday too. These winter mornings have been exquisite. I. I cannot even begin to describe. You know the. The ice on the all of the branches of the trees and the snow. It, it just crystallized, freezing on the branches. Yeah, and the fog. And then there tends to be a beautifully placed cardinal somewhere in the picture that yeah. you get to see. And, you know, you get this vibrant red. Of course, it's a male cardinal. You get this vibrant red against the white of the snow. I mean, it's... For all the people that complain about snow, I dare you to give me a, a summer morning that looks just as beautiful as a winter morning. You won't be able to do it. I will try. The, but I mean, they, no, they, they are beautiful and I don't disagree, Yeah. but there are some beautiful summer mornings too. Oh, I'm not saying they're, they're not beautiful. Yeah. I just don't think, I think winter landscapes, I mean, they, I can't even put it into words. I'm speechless. Stop yeah. the podcast. We're okay. Done. That's, that's not very good for a podcast. It's not. But it's also a segue when I talked about the patches of cloud, because we're going to go into a cloud today as we read the gospel. Oh, I, I see what you did there. That was my segue. That's, I'll, I'll give it to you. Do you like to be in a cloud? Do, do you like to drive in fog? Let's put it that way, because fog is a cloud. I find, I find fog very interesting. You know, you can go from perfectly clear visibility to very dense fog in the matter of a very short distance, especially, you know, out here in the country, you know, driving down Five Point Road. Yeah, it was on Five Point Road, I think, one day last week where I could see the fog ahead of me. Yeah. I was in clarity. I was in I was in clear skies. I could see everything. Yeah. And I was entering the fog. 
and it's kind of an eerie thing. You're you're driving into it. Yeah. You don't know what else is there. Mm-hmm. You don't want don't know how long you'll be in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like going into a tunnel to some degree. Uh, you know, when you talked about being in the clouds, I immediately thought of flying. You know, as you ascend in the plane up through the clouds. Yeah. And whenever you get above them, it's never as cool as being below them because you can't see the ground anymore. But it's a good reminder that it's always sunny above the clouds. Have you ever looked down into a valley where the whole valley is filled with fog? Oh, yeah. It's, it, I remember the first time I saw it, I thought, oh, there's a lake. It looked like a lake, and then I realized it was cloud. Oh, that's interesting. So Good thing you didn't dive into it. <laughs> no, 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 no. All right. I, I, we're going to read from Guess What Gospel. Mark. But guess what chapter it is not. It is not one. We've been It is not free. chapter one. We have done due diligence with chapter one of Mark's gospel. Free at last. So we are jumping to chapter nine. This is the Feast of the Transfiguration. The second Sunday of Lent is always the Transfiguration. Well, to clarify, it's not the Feast of the Transfiguration. The Feast of the Transfiguration is an actual calendar date, August In 6th. August, right. But this is the Sunday... Uh, with the Transfiguration account. Sorry, I didn't mean to correct you, but I wanted... You just corrected me in front of all six I, listeners. <laughs> I wanted to, I wanted us to be clear. The first the first five could probably handle it because they're used to it, but number six... He, <laughs> Who's he, this, this he, schmuck? He, 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 no, he's a, a, a neophyte. We want to be very tender. We don't want to mislead him. Oh, I wasn't calling him a schmuck. I was saying he's uh, Well, watch what, watch what you say. That I'm a we schmuck. We could be back to number five again. <laughs> I would never call any of the listeners any names. I was speaking about myself oh, okay. for correcting you. Well, let's read the gospel and move on to something. And I'm going to let you read going up, and I will read the part coming down. <laughs> All right, let's do it. Uh, as Father said, Mark chapter 9, but verses 2 to 10. Jesus took Peter, James, and John and led them up a high mountain apart by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his clothes became dazzling white such as no fuller on earth could bleach them. Then Elijah appeared to them, along with Moses, and they were conversing with Jesus. Then Peter said to Jesus in reply, Rabbi, it is good that we are here. Let us make three tents, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He hardly knew what to say. They were so terrified. Then a cloud came, casting a shadow over them. From the cloud came a voice. This is my beloved son. Listen to him. Suddenly, looking around, they no longer saw anyone but Jesus alone with them. As they were coming down from the mountain, he charged them not to relate what they had seen to anyone except when the Son of Man had risen from the dead. So they kept the matter to themselves, questioning what rising from the dead meant. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, what does rising from the dead mean when you don't know that Jesus is the Son of Man? I'm going to start with that. I'm going to take this from the bottom up. Okay. The title of Jesus called Son of Man with a capital M. Mm -hmm. That does not just mean the human part of Jesus. A lot of people think, well, Jesus is Son of God, Son of Man. Mm -hmm. And there are times it does mean that. But with a capital M... That was a title used in the late part of the Old Testament, especially in the prophets like Elijah. Um, not, I'm sorry, not Eli- Ezekiel. 
referring to this um well we could say the messiah but it was the great the great ultimate savior of the hebrew people it would be the son of man kind of a combination of everything that there is so it was a title given i don't want to use the word superman because people automatically think of the cartoon superman dun, 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 exactly dun, so dun, i'm, I'm think, but but he really in a sense was he was like going to be the savior yeah so Jesus is already kind of alluding to himself as Superman in this part, uh, the son of man. Okay, I, so... I can see him rip off his glasses, yeah. tear open his cloak with a giant J on his chest. <laughs> so. <laughs> Sorry, boy, now, boy, you are off to a good start today, Michael. That's not what you were going for. I'm going to pull, pull you back to Earth, <laughs> even though we're on the top of the mountain. Keep going. Okay, so anyway, so... How many times in recent weeks we've had Jesus say, don't tell anybody what just happened. He said this to the leper who was healed. Don't tell anybody. So what did the leper do? He told everybody. Everybody. Uh, You know, we had this with all the other healings. So they spread his his fame abroad. Here he tells the apostles, do you think they told anybody what just happened? It seems as though they didn't, but how could they not? Yeah. But would anybody get it? Hey, sure. hey, guys, you should have been with us this afternoon. We went up this mountain, and suddenly there was this big cloud, and Elijah and Moses were there, and they they say, what were you guys drinking? You know, it's like... Uh, <laughs> I think it's a great question of integrity. Like, it, when somebody truly trusts you and asks you not to say something, especially especially when it's good information. Like, this, this would have been a good story, right? And so generally, if we know a good piece of gossip or a good story, or we've got Intel. What's, what's our kind of first thing we want to do as humans? Well, we want to tell other people because it's going to make us look good. Right. But we may not want to, if we've been asked by somebody we trust, please guys, nobody's going to get it. Right. So don't even try talking about it. Sure. I don't know if you've had that experience. You've gone to mission trips and stuff, especially like Guatemala or maybe on the border. And you want to come back and you you talk about it with people. And you can tell the stuff you did and even the people you encountered. But you can't really share the experience. Sure. And I, th- I think sometimes uh, this is the, the limitation. It's almost like, okay... I can tell you what happened, but it's not going to make any sense to you because it doesn't make any sense to me either till I can process it. Right. Uh, you, you, and then we end up by saying, oh, I'm sorry, you, should have, you just had to be there. Right, which generally makes somebody feel left out. Yeah. Right. Well, that's, that's maybe true, but it got shared after the fact. And this is one of those stories that became much more important after the resurrection. Because uh, obviously. From, it's a, a hindsight story. How many Gospels does the Transfiguration appear in? Uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. So all three. So we read them three years in a row. So obviously, if it appears in three of the four Gospels, yeah, it, it's it, it's also it's also the fourth mystery of the luminous mysteries of the Rosary. That's a good set of mysteries. I, I love the luminous mysteries. I almost, I guess I referred to those as something you could buy from the store. Hey, if you're going to get a set of mysteries, make sure you buy the luminous. They're the best. <laughs> I, I, I keep pulling you down. Oh, right. I'm here all day. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, let, let me ask you, 
what do you actually know about this mountain? People have the, they don't know for sure because it doesn't say what mountain Jesus went up. Yeah. Tradition has that it was Mount Tabor. Mm-hmm. And Mount Tabor is in Galilee, um, not that far from the Sea of Galilee. Uh, it stands kind of alone. It's not a super high mountain, but because it stands alone and it's at the end of a valley, it, it appears to be kind of significant. It's, it's not big compared with modern-day mountains. It's probably less than 2,000 2, feet high. But okay. because it stands out where it does, you know, if you can al- imagine the land around you uh, being kind of flat, like, well, not quite Wood County flat, but flat, yeah. and then suddenly there's a, a hill that's a couple of uh, 1,500, 2,000 feet, mm-hmm. it would stand out. That's what this is. Uh, yeah, I, you asked me what I know about the mountain, and the answer is absolutely nothing other than what you just shared. Okay. So thanks for the lesson. And mount, Well, do you know that mountains in Scripture are always about theophanies? Experiences of God. Uh, an experience of God, of, a sight of God. Now, in the Greek world, they actually even thought the gods lived on the mountains. Well, the Jews did not think the gods lived there, but that's where you went to experience God. Hmm. So we, we have, you know, in the Old Testament, Moses went up the mountain, received the Ten Commandments. Um, you know, so there's there's different things like that. So, so I think a good question is, you know, we talked earlier about the Feast of the Transfiguration being in August. Why do we hear this reading every year on the second Sunday of Lent? That is a wonderful question. And I'm going to give you an, an enlightening answer. Oh, I see what you did there. Enlightening. <laughs> yes. <Right. laughs> well, first of all, we start off Lent with going into the desert. And then we go up the mountain. And by the third Sunday, okay, now we're working our way to Easter. Mm-hmm. Um, it's almost like we need a message of encouragement. We know the story. We know it ends in Jesus being crucified and resurrection. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's saying up front. Don't lose hope. Don't lose faith. It's a journey through death to resurrection. And we already know that Jesus is the fulfillment of the entire Old Testament, namely Elijah and Moses represent the Old Testament, mm-hmm. the, the, whole, the whole Old Testament. And Jesus is the fulfillment, but also uh, he is the, the emissary of the Father when the voice says, this is my beloved son. Listen to him. Listen up, folks. It's also an echo of what we heard a few weeks ago at the baptism. Yes, it's connected with the baptism. And then, of course, you know, don't tell anybody till the Son of Man has risen from the dead. Well, what does that mean? So it's it's like suddenly it takes on all this meaning afterwards. Uh, So the church has chosen to use it early in Lent, but it's definitely a message for us. It's not like what we need to do for God, but what God is doing for us. And God is saying, okay, you know, it's going to be a hard journey of 40 days, but don't give up. Hang in there. So how do you as a priest that for at least 100 years, have you been a priest for 100 years now? Not 100 years. Um, dog years, maybe. No, uh, <laughs> this is my 47th Lent as a priest. So 
how do you look at a reading like this that you get every year, whether it's even though it may be from a different one of the synoptic gospels and say, what am I possibly going to say about this reading this year that I haven't said 46 other You know, times? there is a little of that, but what I've discovered over the years is I'm at a different place in my own journey mm. and maybe my own experience. And certainly if I keep listening to where people are at, it speaks differently from year to year. Yeah. So, yes, there's certainly, if you saw my uh, homilies from the last several Lents, uh, and I don't think you keep all the recordings, the video recordings of my homilies uh, that long. I I have them on perpetual play at home. They all are, we do is watch homilies. They are a secret <laughs> archives. There's an, a vault in your basement. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the National Archives, but for you. Yeah. yeah. No, but uh, I, I do keep notes. And once in a while, I come up with a great idea. I thought, wow, this is an insight I've never experienced before. And I go back and I look at the previous year or three, four years ago, and I to much to my much to my chagrin, I said the same thing once before. <laughs> you were so, so enlightened. Yeah, but no. Usually, what I find is, I have to be conscious of what people need to hear that this gospel gospel is saying. And another way of looking at it is, I believe preaching is part of a conversation, mm-hmm. and the conversation goes like this: people express where they're at on their own faith journey. And this is always topical. It's like, what's going on in the world today? You know, my, my faith journey is always interconnected, whether it's COVID, whether it's um, anything political, whether it's even localized, like a snowstorm, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. These are things are going on in people's lives. Uh, you know, like if I were preaching in Texas, I would probably speak differently than Northwest Ohio. Sure. Okay. So you you have that, and that's not a that wasn't a um, insinuation of Southern accent. Just to, to, no, I would not. No, no, I I can't do the Texas accent. Just very to be well. clear. Okay, keep going. So so what would happen would be, I have to listen to people, and then I read the gospel and get the the nucleus of the message. And then in my own words, try to say, and this is how this gospel speaks to us at this time. So it, that's where I say it's a conversation. Sure. I have to listen and then speak back. But it's not just like I'm saying, oh, you know, hang in there, folks. That, that's not what it is. It's more like this is a message of hope. But what really gives hope is the, who Jesus is and the relationship we, we have with Jesus. I think that's a great insight. I, you know, and I think a good example of this, I mean, this year more than ever, think of where we were last time we heard this reading in Lent versus where we are coming up well, this yeah, Sunday. Well, see, last, last week, last year, I should say, I believe the last time we had Mass as a full church was the Feast of Transfiguration, was it not? Yes, because... Yes, because I was supposed to be gone for retreat. Again, when I say Feast of Transfiguration, I don't mean August. I'm talking about I, the second Sunday of Lent. At this point, I know what you're, I always know what you're saying. Okay. Uh, yes, because I was supposed to be gone the third weekend of Lent for retreat last year, and we canceled it because of coronavirus. Yeah. So that previous weekend would have been... There were five Sundays of Lent, five Sundays of March last year. The first Sunday was normal. The second Sunday was normal. Uh, or the second one, I think was where we were asked not to drink from the cup yeah. and, and that we were also told 
no, no sign of peace. Which was tough because I was planning on singing "We Will Drink the Cup." Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, and then the third Sunday of March is where it was considered the church is still open, but optional attendance. Yeah. And by the fourth Sunday, we were closed down. It happened very quickly. It happened very quickly. And here we are facing the same thing again. L- Lent started a week or two later last year than this year. So for this weekend, I think, like you said, we're, this is great um, foreshadowing of what is to come when we celebrate Easter on April 4th and that we are not pretending that we don't know what's going to happen. You know, it's all being laid out for us. Uh, And I think this year more than ever, we need to hang on to that hope and know that Easter is coming. And if I can read from the opening line of the second reading, it says it all. Paul's letter to the Romans. Brothers and sisters, if God is for us, who can be against us? It's one of my favorites. We're singing that song this weekend. Are we really? And if our God is for us, who could ever stop us? Oh, right. Oh, yeah. Chris Tomlin. And and that is a, that particular uh, passage is often used at a funeral as well. Yeah. And I think that's the hope that we hang on to through yeah. everything. Unfortunately, God is uh, not only it's good that God is for us, but unfortunately, we, we don't always interpret how God is for us. Or we interpret God is for me and singularly yeah. instead or of that what I do is what God wants me to be doing. And there's so many dangers there, but if we can really get to know God and that's what the gospel is, who Jesus really is come to know Jesus in his glory as well as in his own manhood. All right. Well, we're going to turn the lights up in the church this weekend. So you look extra bright, uh, da- dazzling white. <laughs> Everybody wear white this weekend. Hey, it's called snowstorm. <laughs> no, no, it's going to get, we're going to hit close to 50 this weekend. Okay. It's going to be God, great. God bless those who are flooded. All right. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye.